As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Sound Matters with Tom Liu. Visit us online at soundmatters.tv. show. I'm Tom Liu. Thank you for joining me. This is a special episode today, folks. This is an episode that uh, I didn't want to have to do, never want to do these kinds of episodes, but we're paying homage today in tribute to the late, great Eddie Van Halen. That's the song right there that basically was the song that literally and figuratively dropped a bomb on rock and roll and changed everything for rock music, rock guitar, all the way back in 1978 from the debut Van Halen record the song right there called eruption that solo is maybe arguably the most famous guitar solo ever perhaps we can make the case for it it just shook the foundations of everyone whether you were a musician or not a musician you heard that i think most people heard that and went what is that and i've talked to many of my musician friends and others who uh, had similar reactions when they first heard that. Whenever you heard that back in 78, or if it was a couple of years later, whenever it was, it changed everything. Hard to listen to it, 
But as we go along today here, we're going to celebrate the life of Edward Van Halen. This is a great show if you've tuned in to Sound Matters today for the first time. Thanks for joining us. We've got a guest list today that's pretty cool. We're going to be talking with Steve Brown, guitar great himself from the band's Trickster and Tokyo Motorfist, coming up here in just a minute after the break. We've got Double T from 96.7, The Eagle, our sister station here on WROK down the hall. He's going to be joining us and weighing in with reactions and commentary. And also a little bit later on, we've got... A friend of the Sound Matter show and a returning guest, Mark Kendall, guitar great in his own right as well from the multi-platinum band Great White, going to be calling in and talking to us. Comments, commentary, what did Eddie Van Halen mean to you? You don't have to be a musician. You can be a fan. Uh, what did he mean to you? What kind of impact did he have on you? Do you remember concerts you went to? When was the first time you heard a Van Halen song? What was it? What was it like? And we're going to pay tribute to Eddie for the next two hours and we're gonna try to keep it up and keep it happy but you know what it's a tough stuff it's tough stuff to talk about i have a hard time with it so we appreciate you guys listening this is a big deal sound matter show i'm tom lou we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come right back and we're gonna jump into it with steve brown here on the eddie van halen tribute show here on sound matters don't go away we'll be right back This portion of the show is brought to you by 16 Imaging Photography. Visit us at 16imaging.com. That's 16imaging.com for fine art prints, to book shoots, and to schedule one-on-one photography coaching for you or someone you know. 16 Imaging. Seeing things literally through lenses, figuratively, despite filters. Sound Matters Radio. I'm Tom Liu. Thanks for joining me for our special episode. This is a celebration today of the life of Edward Van Halen, the late great co-founder of Van Halen, uh, who we passed away this week at the uh, very young age of 65 years old uh, from cancer. Hate to have to do that. Hate to have to talk about it, but we want to celebrate Eddie's life. And uh, fortunately for me, I've had the uh, Good opportunity to uh, encounter and work with and talk to some guys who have a lot more uh, firsthand knowledge of the great Eddie Van Halen. And uh, this is a returning guest here to the Stone Matter Show, a friend, Steve Brown, great guitar player from the bands Trickster and Tokyo Motor Fist. He plays with Def Leppard and Dennis D. Young and all of that. We want to welcome Steve Brown back to the Sound Matter Show to talk about Eddie. Steve, welcome back to the show. Hey, Tom. Thanks so much for having me on. And, uh, you know, hmm. under the circumstances... Uh, you know, it, it sucks, but uh, either way, let's celebrate the life of the great Ed Van Halen. Oh, absolutely. I, I so appreciate that sentiment, Steve. I know you're a huge fan. Uh, you're a phenomenal guitar player yourself. I, I know Eddie meant a ton to you. You've got experiences with him. I just, in the time I have with you here, Steve, we thought we'd get your reactions to him. Um, first question for you, just quickly. Probably told the story a hundred times, but tell it again for us. The first time you heard Van Halen, what was it? Where was it? Where were you? And what was it like for you? Uh, it was in, if I remember correctly, I'm 50 years old now. So guys, bear with me. My memory's, uh, <laughs> you know, 
I'm, t- I'm eating all the right foods to try to keep my memory good. But it was 1978, man. You know, 1978 was a huge year for me, um, a life-changing year. Kiss Rock and Roll Over and Van Halen 1 came into my life. And like I like to tell people, I sold my soul to rock and roll in 1978, and I'm still running with the devil. So <laughs> it was, um, I'd already started taking guitar lessons and um, uh, because of Kiss. And the next thing I know, my neighbor up the street, this kid, Tommy Walsh, comes to me and he goes, because he knew I was a huge Kiss fan, and he goes, Steve, you got to hear this new band, Van Halen. Gene Simmons discovered them. So that's all I needed to hear. You know, as soon as right. Gene was involved, I'm like, well, they got to be good. And he put on this eight-track tape that uh, that he lent to me afterwards, but he put it on and, you know, running with the devil. And, uh, and then the next thing I know, I heard eruption and it was a scene out of a movie. The smoke was coming out of my ears. The stars were shooting out of my eyes. Mm-hmm. I was like, I did not know what I was hearing. I couldn't, could, I wasn't sure if it was, I knew it was electric guitar, but I wasn't sure what it was. If it was electric guitar mixed with keyboards, with violins, it was it a video game, you know, because the end of eruption, when he gets into that tapping part, I had never heard anything like that most of the world never heard anything like that so to me it was the most important and impactful musical experience to this day that i've ever had and uh, again i would not be here talking to you had it not been for the music and edward van halen Wow, powerful. We're talking with Steve Brown here on the Sound Matter Show. Steve's from Trickster, Tokyo Motor Fist, plays with Def Leppard, Dennis DeYoung. Steve's phenomenal. I highly recommend checking out the latest Tokyo Motor Fist <laughs> record as well. But seriously, Steve, I, you have, when we first talked, I uh, interviewed you a few months ago, and uh, we did it on video, and you've got a studio in your house, and we were doing it that day, and I was commenting on your studio, and you're like, yeah. Here we are. I do all my magic right here in my studio. And you have a special name for your studio, of course, that ties into Eddie Van Halen and his studio. Talk about that for a minute. Well, yeah, I mean, we all know about 5150. I've had the honor and privilege of being up there and played all Ed's guitars, you know, Frankenstein, the Bumblebee, the Shark, the Snake guitar that was in pieces, played through his, you know, beloved amp and whatnot. But I always dreamed the same thing like Ed I always wanted to have control over my music, and it's it's ironic because, you know, looking back on it, it was such a such an important part. Where when I was making records, make it, and even before making records, it never came out the way I wanted it to. We got really close with the second trip to the record with here because I co-produced it, but. I always knew that to get what I wanted, to be able to learn how to engineer and produce the way I wanted, I had to have my own studio. So I remember when I bought my house, it was the summer of 1993, when we moved in. First thing I did was start building my studio, ordering gear. About a week after I moved into my house, I went to see Ed up in Connecticut, which I took that one, you know, one of my, one of my great photos with him backstage and that, that I posted. And I was talking to him about my studio and he, and he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, man, uh, Matt, who Matt Brock is, you know, Ed's best friend and, you know, business partner and one of my brothers for third, close to 30 years now, you know, Matt, and with Ed's voice, he goes, uh, yeah, Matt, Matt told me you're building a studio. What are you building? Like a demo studio? I'm like, no, man. I said, I'm building like a 5150. And I told him, I said, well, you you got 5150, but mine's called 6160. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, what the fuck does that mean? And I go, I have no idea. It just sounds cool. And we both laughed. And, uh, 
you know, again, the studio has been one of the most important things in the world that I ever did with my money that I made my royalties and stuff. Instead of buying a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, I built a recording studio and, uh, you know, the gifts have uh, come back to me a million times over because of that. And I got to thank again, thank Ed Van Halen for that because the inspiration came from him having his studio and him telling me, you know, the, the benefits of when you have your own studio. So there you yeah. go. Oh, that's a great story. Uh, we're talking with Steve Brown from Trickster and Tokyo Motor Fist here live on the Sound Matters radio show. Steve, you, obviously you mentioned you, know, you knew Ed, you, you interacted with Ed several times. Uh, for those that don't know, all, the rest of us you know, who only saw Eddie from afar, listened to his music, uh, you know, videos and things like that, concerts, what was he like as a person, you know, up close and personal? Was he was he as nice and, you know, and, and approachable and all of that as it seems for, you know, that smile of his, of course, is so infectious that we've all seen. You've interacted with him. What was he really like as a, as a guy? He was the best. And just to clarify my interaction, I was, I was friends with him. It was much different than a lot of these guys that you see okay. who maybe met him once or twice. I see a lot of these guys online. I okay. had almost a 30-year relationship with him. And the coolest thing that I can always say is that he always said, Steve, your family, your family. Mm. He didn't. He would call my house while he was on tour, whether it was on the Balance Tour or the 98 Tour or 2004, when he was even really at in a, in a bad place. But all I can tell you is this, is, is that my relationship with him, my family, he loved my wife, he loved my friends. You know, PJ from Trickster, we hung out with him. Some of the other guys in my band got to meet him and spend time with him. He treated everybody like a normal person because that's all Ed was. And that's all he ever wanted to be. The first time I ever met him, he didn't, he didn't introduce himself as Eddie or Edward. He goes, hey, man, I'm Ed. And that's really the most important thing. And I think, listen, we can talk all about the music, the gear, his innovations, his, how he inspired the world to play guitar. But what I can say is I know the guy and I love the guy. and He loved me and loved his friends, people that were part of the family, like I told you. And that's the greatest thing because he was that guy. That smile was as real as it gets. He wasn't an act. He was never an act. It was everything. He got the most joy when he was up on stage playing. And that smile was 200% real, you know, and that is the truth. And um, all I can say, you know, above and beyond that, he was sweet. He was gracious. I have these incredible you know, times when he would call me on the road and he would leave messages on my answering machine. He didn't call my house once or twice, you know, which some people might have. He called my house probably about 10 or 15 times. And, I, and luckily now I did miss the call a bunch of times and I was able to save those answering machine messages, which someday I might play for some people, but they are cherished memories now. But some of the times when I would be sleeping or just get in from a gig and hear my phone ring at two o'clock in the morning because Ed didn't work on the same schedule. And sometimes it was like when Ed wanted to talk to somebody, he'd call you, whether it was five o'clock in the morning, and I'd see the phone and I'd see the phone number and it would say Ed Van Halen. And I'd be like, well, I got to talk to Ed now. And I talked to him for, you know, my wife and I would sit there, we'd be laying in bed and, oh, Ed's calling. Let's talk to him. <laughs> so, you know, that's really it. And at the core of it, is a guy, and especially the proudest moments of his life was when he became a dad. And I was there with him, you know, before Wolfgang was born. That was right when I met him. And then afterwards, a year and a half later, I'm at his Malibu beach house playing volleyball 
with Valerie, Matt Brock, and a couple other guys, John McEnroe's brother-in-law. Wolfgang's walking around in a diaper. And, you know, those are the times that I cherish the most, just being a regular guy with, with Eddie, you know, and not having to see any bullshit from other band members or dealing with managers or tour managers. Everybody trying to keep you away, you know what I mean? And right. one of the other cool things was any time I would go to a show, Ed would be like, you know, he'd be like, you never have to knock on the dressing room door. You come in. I, I would walk in the dressing room, and Ed now would be like half naked getting changed to go on stage. I'm like, uh, you want me to leave? And they'd be like, no, man, sit down. Come on. You're a family. You know, and Alex wow. the same way, man. Alex, you know, he treated me like a brother, you know, and I, and, and, you know, the only regrets I have were that I never took more pictures, but you know, it's kind of like, do you really, you know, back, especially in the early nineties, that wasn't the thing that we did, you know? And, and again, you know, when you go over to your family member's house or, you know, do you, do you take pictures every five minutes? No, you don't. So, right. but you know, I got enough memories to last me a lifetime. And the most important thing, again, getting back to when Wolfgang was born, that was Ed's happiest time and, and, the, and the fact that he was a great father and did the best that he could for Wolfgang. And uh, Wolfgang turned into a great man, and he is going to be a powerhouse in this business, and he has a great foundation. So you got to thank Ed and Val for doing that. And Valerie was so sweet. You know, I still talk about the time playing volleyball at Ed's house in Malibu afterwards. She's like, come on in, guys. I made, I made lunch for everybody. She made turkey chili, and this was back in 1993 before she became a famous chef and, you know, her mm -hmm. cookbooks and her success. And so that was one of the coolest things that I remember. So I came home from that. I told my wife, I said, Coach, you got to make, you got to learn how to make turkey chili. So every <laughs> time I have chili or I have turkey chili, I think fondly about that wonderful day with Eddie and Valerie and Matt Brock and uh, just, you know, really tugs at my heart to even talk about it. Wow, what an insight you have, Steve Brown here from Trickster and Tokyo Motor Fist. Yeah, you, I guess I didn't realize the depth of your relationship with Ed, and that, that's really great. I'm so glad that you uh, took a few minutes for us here today on the Sound Matter Show to share some of your insights. Like you said, yeah, a lot of people maybe met him a few times, but being a, quote, family member, as you just pointed out, is certainly a big deal. Was Ed, Eddie, was Eddie... Um, was he comfortable with his fame? Was he comfortable with his status as a, you know, a guitar hero? I mean, you knew him better than a lot of people. Was that something that he was ever, was he fully comfortable with that or not so much? I mean, when you first met him, at some point you had to have told him, you know, wow, man, you really influenced me and that sort of thing. Did he like that sort of stuff or did he kind of just like, nah, you know, let's just play music and hang out? Well, no, he certainly did. I mean, let's, let's be real here. Ed knew exactly who he was. And, you know, getting back to my success with Trickster, so when our record went gold, my first order of business was to send Eddie Van Allen a gold record, and I wrote him a very personable note, and it ended with, without you and your music, I could have never achieved any of this. Fast forward to a couple months later, I'm backstage with Ed in his tuning room with Ed and Sammy, and, he, and Ed grabbed me and pulled me aside. He gave me a hug and a kiss, and he said, Steve, I never thank you for the gold record. That's really cool. I'm so happy for you. He's like, but what you wrote in that letter meant more to me than any gold record or any gift you could ever give me. And that, that just goes mm -hmm. to show you. So he was very well aware of his impact, but it never affected him, you know, and he was very, everything that Ed did, he basically discounted as it wasn't a big deal. 
you know, and I think you might, you could see interviews with him in where he goes, hey man, I screwed up a lot of guitars. I just wanted to get what I wanted. I didn't know what I was doing. And it was like, you know, and he would do things, you know, that just he did. But I think people made a bigger deal out of things. And Ed just kind of simplified everything because to him, he was, he was very, again, honest and sincere and very simple about what he did, you know, what he did. You know, and a lot of that, I got to be honest with you, man. I know I met Les Paul, you know, Les Paul lived in the next town over from me. So we knew Les Paul back in the church today. And Les was the same way. He wasn't very, you know, Les was a regular guy as well. His innovations with delay and multi-track recording, it was all of the, all of these things were done out of necessity because he couldn't get a sound out of something that was already there. So he said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to make my own thing. And Ed very much did the same thing. Interesting, yeah. Steve Brown from Trickster Tokyo Motor Fist. Some really great insights, Steve. I so appreciate your time. Just a couple more things here before we let you go. Kind of the classic things. Did you see most of the Van Halen tours? What was the first concert? What was the first Van Halen concert that you actually attended? And uh, what was that experience like? Well, it was two nights ago, 38 years ago, October 8th, 1982. The Diver Down Hide Your Sheep Tour at mm. Madison Square Garden. So um, it was my second concert ever, second time going to Madison Square Garden. I saw Kiss in 1979, and then fast forward three years later, my brother Chris took uh, myself and one of my best friends, Doug Cowie, at the time to go see Van Halen. And watching that show, was that was the moment where I said, I'm going to start my own band, and it is going to be like Van Halen, because Seeing them, it first off made it real to me that I could do this because as we all know, Kiss was like unreal. They were unattainable. They were superheroes. So it wasn't something, but seeing Van Halen where it was like a party, you know, I remember yeah. people in the stand, people next to me. First, I remember smelling how much pot was in the place, <laughs> you know, people partying, yeah. you know, and guys hugging each other and girls throwing their bras and panties on the stage. And I was just completely blown away. First, getting to see my idol up close and see Eddie and like, man, there he is. He's real. And Dave and Mike and Alex. And it was so powerful that a couple months later is when I basically started Trickster. You know, I started Trickster in 1983, and it was all based on that show and that vibe and that attitude to where we want to be a fun, you know, you know all the bands, the hard rock bands back in the day, most of them would yeah. make scowly faces. How many of them were up there smiling? They looked like pinup guys, you know. I was yeah. like, I want to be the best looking band, and I want to have fun, and we're going to do all the things that Van Halen did, and that's what I tried to do, you know, I mean, in, in a funny way, you know, that Trickster was a mini sort of Van Halen, you know. I mean, if you look at the live shows the tricks that we always opened up our show i stole the van halen intro which was you know ladies and gentlemen here they are from the backwoods in new jersey the one the only the mighty trickster that's what van halen did rudy laren used to right. do eddie's tech used to do the intro the one the only the mighty van halen so you know that was it and it was just you know, again, we can talk about the music and the experiences so much, but later on getting to meet him and then just go, you know what? This guy is no different than I am.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You know, and then that was the coolest thing to know how down to earth he was, because as we all know, David Lee Roth was the complete opposite. Yeah, and those guys in their, in their button heads back in the day and then coming back together and all that. It's so great to hear this from you, Steve. Uh, Steve Brown from Trickster and Tokyo Motor Fest. These insights are super valuable, and uh, I really do appreciate you sharing them. You have a unique perspective on uh, Eddie Van Halen and uh, your involvement with him through the years. And I just appreciate your candidness and how, you know, he was kind of the blueprint. We've all said it, you know, other people have said it. Van Halen was sort of the blueprint for the rock bands and all that stuff that came after it in the 80s and beyond. And uh, whether you're a musician or not, we've all benefited from that. But I think you make a great point there. Uh, a band that comes out and they're, and they're smiling and they're having fun and it's deliberate and it's not this scowling, angry, staring at your shoes, Depression rock thing it was the complete opposite. <laughs> I think that was I think that was one of the hallmarks with, for me as a, as a young kid uh, growing up. You know when I first heard the, the women and children first, you know, that, I was just like that was my first album that I actually heard and bought, and then went sure. back. You know, and it was just like these guys are fun. This is energy. This is I mean I don't want to overstate it, but it's like breathing life into a young guy. And then wanting to go on and start my own bands, too, and, and just loving rock and roll. And, man, you had a front row seat to it with Ed. And I just so appreciate you, Steve. Uh, last word here before we let you go here. You know, everyone hails Eddie today and all of that. But, you know, with your perspective on him, you know, what's the legacy of Eddie Van Halen and his music? Well, the legacy is timeless, you know, and that's the greatest gift musically that Ed left for us is that, you know, the one thing... I can always say is, is that in everything I do in the studio, I, I, sit, I say to myself, and I think I told you this, Tom, when we did the interview about the Tokyo Motorfish record, I always say, what would Eddie Van Halen do? What would Van Halen do? Yes. What would Mutt Lang do? What would Def Leppard do? Because that's always been my goal, is to kind of combine Van Halen and Def Leppard. So you have these great records that Ted Templeman, Don Landy, you know, later on, all the great Sammy records and whatnot, but the music, all of it, 
still sounds great. Van Halen 1 was made in 1978. If you put it on now, it still sounds as good next to any other record as it, you know, it stands yes. the test of time and every record will stand the test of time. Even the Gary Sharon record, which I love Gary and he's a, you know, he's an old friend and he gets a lot of slack for that era, you know, and that, and I love that era. I love that record. There were things that should have been done different, but whatever. But the music, Ed's playing on the, the on the Van Halen 3 record is phenomenal. So we have that gift. And I will tell you this, there is a ton of unreleased music that I believe will see the light of day. I have some of it, you know, that, that wildlife soundtrack that Ed did in 1983, um, and there's a ton of other stuff. And I also know that we are going to probably, hopefully within the next five, ten years, there is a treasure trove of pro-quality film and video that has been restored to its glory. The guy, Kurt Gooch, who did the Kiss Vision um, DVDs, has all this footage that was front in the, in the Noel Monk uh, offices, and mm. it is real, and the band, Ed saw it before he passed, you know, he saw it, in, I believe, in January. Alex has seen it. Their manager has seen it, and I'm hoping to God that it is going to come to light. I'm actually going out to see it next month, and uh, so I think it's going to be a never-ending thing, but if nothing else ever comes out, whatever Ed has put out from 1978 to, you know, what was the last record, the different kind of truth, and then the live yeah. record, we have enough material, and it stands the test of time, and it's, the in my opinion, the greatest rock and roll music that was ever recorded. Wow. Steve Brown, thank you so much. What a great um, insight to Ed as you call him, Ed Van Halen, and uh, and it's so so great that you can share your uh, reflections and your experiences with him. And I think you're right. That's very exciting. This video that you're talking, the video footage you're talking about, and whatever else is going to come out of 5150. I've been reading that Alex and Wolf are digging through the the, the archives there for additional audio and things like that. And I'm sure you're going to be uh, the first to know about some of that stuff coming out. So we're gonna we're gonna wait for that, and we're gonna continue to celebrate the life of Ed Van Halen. And you know, Steve, I can't thank you enough for sharing your insight. Here, Steve Brown from Trickster Tokyo Motorfest. Steve, thank you again for coming on the Sound Matters show and talking about this. We could talk to you for an hour, but I know you're busy <laughs> and you're you're a family guy and you're off doing stuff today. So thanks for taking a few minutes for us here on the show. Much appreciated. You got it, guys. Thanks so much for having me. And at the end of the day, God bless Ed Van Halen. We got to give him thanks for everything that he gave us. And I'll end it on this: Ed Van Halen, the greatest rock and roll guitar player ever never to be replaced. No one will ever be and do what he did for rock and roll guitar. The ultimate game changer. Powerful. Steve Brown, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll talk to you again, my friend. Okay, guys, have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy. Love your family and uh, be safe and healthy. Thank you, Steve. Same to you. All right. Steve Brown, wow. I knew Steve knew Eddie Van Halen, I didn't realize the extent of his uh, relationship with him. Exclusive here on the Sound Matter Show. Thanks so much to Steve Brown. We're celebrating the life of Eddie Van Halen here on the Sound Matter Show. Tribute today. Got more guests coming up. Double T from 96.7 The Eagle. Mark Kendall from Great White. Stick around. Don't go away. We got a lot more show for you.
Welcome back to Sound Matters Radio. I'm Tom Liu, your host. We're paying tribute to Eddie Van Halen today. There's the song right there, right now, from the great uh, or unlawful Carnal Knowledge record, featuring Sammy Hagar on lead vocals here. Van Halen, one of the few bands that can replace an iconic lead singer and go on to even greater heights uh, of success through the years. It's just amazing. We're going to be playing different Van Halen clips of songs throughout their catalog through the rest of the show here. Coming up in a few minutes, we've got Double T from 96.7 The Eagle coming in to share his thoughts and reflections on Ed Van Halen. And I just want to, uh, I'm saying Ed now because we just had Steve Brown from Trickster on and he called him Ed. And I don't know that I deserve to call him Ed. I didn't know him like Steve did, but since he said that, I'm, I'm saying that. But uh, just massive respect to Steve and so appreciative of his his, uh, his stories there. I mean, Spencer, can you believe the the depth of uh, you know firsthand information that Steve had on Eddie? It's just amazing to me. I had no idea. No, me either. Uh, that was and we've had you've had Steve on a couple of times. Um, yes. I yes. just had no clue. That's one of those we should have talked to him about that a long time ago. Some of those yeah. stories. I'm sure there's a ton more too. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm confident of it. I mean, he I knew he was a huge fan. I knew he was hugely influenced. But then to hear him uh, share the stories about having chili at the house in Malibu and all of that, and uh, you know, going into the doesn't have to knock to go in the dressing room and things right. like that. Double T's coming up from the Eagle Spencer, and I had the opportunity a couple of days ago. It was the day after Eddie passed. Uh, at the time of this broadcast, Eddie passed on October sixth from cancer. Double T asked me to come on and uh, share my thoughts and reactions to that. So instead of just repeating what I I said I thought we'd play a clip from that here before we lead in and talk to Double T here in a minute. So here is my conversation with Double T from 96.7 The Eagle this week. Rockford's home for Classic Rock, 96.7 The Eagle. I'm Double T and continuing my tribute to Eddie Van Halen, the late great guitar player from uh, Van Halen who died yesterday at the age of 65 from the show Sound Matters that airs on uh, WROK down the hall and also you can find it on podcasts and everything. He'll share all that info with us. Tom Liu, plus a longtime Rockford musician. Tom, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Double T, doing all right, man. Hanging in there, man. Gut punch yesterday. Gut punch with this news. It, it, it's tough. A lot of our, our favorite artists, our heroes are, are passing away, but that's kind of what happens with time? They're all getting older. Yeah, they are, and it's never been more apparent. This year has been brutal, but in recent years, the list is getting longer and longer, and it's uh, it's tough and shocking. Not surprising, but it still doesn't make it any less difficult to go through. So Van Halen, what did Van Halen and, and Eddie Van Halen mean to you? You know, I know you're a fan of musicians and of music, I mean, and you're a musician yourself. What, what, what did it mean to you? Eddie was just, you know, he's the icon, man. He is the... Uh, He's the blueprint for rock and roll guitar playing, at least, uh, you know, late 70s into the 80s. You know, everybody hails Eddie as, as this great guitar player, and he was a soloist and all that. But the guy was just a brilliant songwriter, producer, uh, sound tech. You know, he'd take his guitars all apart and put them back together and just made these sounds and these things that wasn't heard really before. Of course, his iconic riffs and Solos, you know, I heard somebody say, and I love this quote, expanded the vocabulary of rock guitar. And wow. I just loved that. And I think that's so true. And he's just one of those guys that did everything. And him and his band, you know, they changed everything. They changed everything. I mean, you know, growing up when I did, going into the 80s, and a big fan of a lot of the stuff you play on the Eagle, of course, you know, the 80s bands. There would be no 80s hard rock, a lot of the bands that we love. If it wasn't for Van Halen, you know, they were the blueprint.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That sort of stuff. You know, they bridge the gap, in my opinion, from the late 70s corporate arena rock stuff moving into, and like I said, being the blueprint for the, the new era, I guess, of the hard rock bands that came along in the 80s and beyond. And we all owe Eddie Van Halen and the band a huge debt of gratitude for that. I'm talking to Tom Liu from Sound Matters. And, you know, you take Van Halen and they were the, the, the biggest band uh, with David Lee Roth, and then David Lee Roth leaves, Sammy Hager comes in, and they become even bigger. I mean, that's <laughs> incredible. That just doesn't happen all the time. It does not. I mean, that's a band that you replace an iconic lead singer and then go on to greater heights with another iconic lead singer. It's very rare. The only one big example that I can think of that compares, of course, is ACDC going from Bond to Brian Johnson. I loved all the iterations of Van Halen, but for me, the, the epitome of Van Halen is the first six records. That, that's the canon with Dave. You know, I love Sammy. I love what Sammy brought. But uh, those first six Van Halen records just, they set the course. They set me on my path. And I can remember getting those cassettes, literally, <laughs> back in those days. Uh, Women and Children First and Fair Warning. I mean, my gosh, that stuff just was uh, so amazing. And uh, I just felt like a... Just the rug was just tore out from under me yesterday when I heard this news. My phone blew up like you and probably a lot of people with people texting and, and weighing in on this. So it's just a huge, huge loss. You know, it, 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 a lot of people talk about, you know, Aerosmith being the, you know, the, the greatest American rock and roll band. But, I mean, where does Van Halen fit in that world? That's a big question. Uh, can't deny the Aerosmith. They're up there, too. But arguably, Van Halen, the greatest American rock and roll band. Uh, where do they fit in? For me, they're top two, top three, at least. They're right up there. You know, those songs, those records. And it wasn't just about the great playing. You know, as I said earlier, the songwriting in Van Halen, I think a lot of times doesn't get talked about as much, you know, because we talk about Eddie's playing, which is deserved. But those songs, we all know those songs. And even if you're not a Van Halen fan or a person who isn't an enthusiast, Everybody knows those songs from all the eras of Van Halen. Well, maybe with the exception of the, the Van Halen 3 record, but <laughs> the Sammy and Dave stuff. 
For sure. And those songs are brilliant. The production is brilliant. In my book, they're up there top two, three, for sure, of American rock bands. And, and as we're talking about, you know, what Eddie has done uh, in his career, besides, you know, producer, songwriter, uh, guitar player, keyboard player, all that. But the other thing that he's created is this empire of musical equipment, guitars, amplifiers, mm. and all of that. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the guy, like I was saying earlier, he was just this technician, this like inventor almost, with his gear. And he was not the first guy to do it, but I think one of the first guys that really kind of broke out and made, became mainstream with his techniques for how he would uh, tune his guitars, how he would tweak his rigs, his amps and stuff, and the pickups he would put in his guitars, and what did he call them? The Frankenstrap. Right, <laughs> he would. That's what he would do to him. He would take them all apart and put them back together and change things up and get sounds that nobody else was getting. And that certainly contributed to the sound of Van Halen. Of course, it wasn't just limited to Eddie. It was you know Alex's snare sound is legendary for musicians. It's a unique sound. So they were all doing that sort of thing. But yeah, Eddie's uh, interest in that stuff and then experimenting and like you were saying later with the keyboards and all of that and what he was adding in there, which some people didn't like. But from a pop songwriting standpoint, brilliant move. I mean, 80 million records sold worldwide can't be wrong, right? Right, exactly. And then with the 5150 amps that he re released and, and yeah. his own line of guitars. And he went from the, the, the guitar with all the stripes and everything. These, uh, here's a guy that is known for this guitar, this striped guitar. Everybody sees that guitar. They know it's Eddie Van Halen's guitar. And then he completely leaves it and goes to a whole different style. And it doesn't change anything in his world of popularity. Which is a testament to him as a as a player, as an artist, uh, his status, the respect. I don't think too many other people, if anyone, could do that, could change their whole branding, if you will, and then still go on and not miss a beat. And that, that red and a white stripe and black stripe pattern and the yellow and all that, that you see it on social media today. And people are changing their profile pictures to that. When you see that, everybody knows. That's Eddie Van Halen. That's rock and roll. And uh, man, we're going to miss him. I'm Tom Liu, celebrating the life of Eddie Van Halen here on Sound Matters. I want to welcome to the show right now my friend. You just heard that last segment. He had me on in, uh, the Eagle a couple of days ago talking about Eddie Van Halen and the importance of Van Halen. I wanted to return the favor. It's my good friend and Rockford radio legend, Double T from 96.7, the Eagle. Terry, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Tom, it's an honor to be on with you, man. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man, love it, Terry. Thanks for having me on the other day. I, I appreciate the questions and things. And I, instead of just kind of repeating what I thought about all of this, I just played that segment with you. I wanted to ask you right off the bat here in the few minutes we got, Terry, do you know how many times have you seen Van Halen live? Um, at least 10. Wow, really? And what was the yeah. very first tour you saw? First Van Halen concert, and what was it like for you? Um, it was 5150, because unfortunately, I... I just never worked out before then. So 5150 yeah. tour, um, and uh, had C 
seats um, probably on the floor about halfway back, and it was just an amazing experience for the very first time because I you know, listened to, to Van Halen for so long, and, boy, it was awesome. And, and the funny thing about it was, um, you know, I wasn't old enough to drive yet, and my friend and I, we got a ride with, our, with his dad because his dad was going with his friends because they loved Montrose, so they loved Sammy Hagar. Yeah. And I don't know if uh, you remember this, BTO opened for Van Halen on the first mm. tour, and they loved BTO, too. Very cool. First time you heard a Van Halen song, do you remember what that was, where you were at, and just more importantly, how did it make you feel? What, what was your first experience hearing the mighty Van Halen? So I was the youngest kid on my block by like three years, and there are some older guys down the block, but they kind of took me under their wing as like their little brother. I was an only child, so it was kind of nice to have these guys. And I remember going, you know, I remember hearing Kiss for the first time with them, ACDC, and I remember, you know, them dropping the needle on Van Halen 1, and, you know, I had heard Kiss and I had heard ACDC, but when I heard that beginning of Van Halen 1, I mean, it changed my life. I immediately ran home and told my dad I had to go to the mall and buy that album. <laughs> it was so awesome. Do you have a favorite Van Halen era? Do you prefer the Dave era, the Sammy era, maybe the Gary Sharon era? And if you do, is there a particular either album or song that really just sort of is the, the one that if you had to point the finger at, that's the one that really means the most to me? You know, I, 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 I'm not one of these that's divided. I like Sammy and Dave both, but if I think if I have to pick out my favorite, it would have to be 5150, okay. because that summer, after it came out, that was the soundtrack for my friends and I. We all had the cassette in our cars, and it just flipped over and over again. And I think because it was summer, uh, summer nights, I mean, that just, it just brings back memories. I, I mean, I don't, it's not the greatest Van Halen song, it's not the ripping Eddie, you know, guitar, but just in my memory and looking back, I just remember, you know, being in the summertime, driving around with the windows down and listening to 5150. I mean, that brings back so many great memories for me. Oh, yeah, me too. I can, I can totally remember when that came out. You know, there was a lot of skepticism around that at the time. Would they be able to keep going? Would they be able to be as, as vital as rock with, after Dave and with Sammy and all of that? And, and did they ever prove everybody, the critics, wrong on that? They went on to greater success. We're talking with Double T from 96.7 The Eagle. Terry, I know it's a big question. You've been in rock radio for your entire career, years and years and years. And I think we can make the argument how important Van Halen was. But, but why, in your experience, all the artists that you You've met through the years, all the concerts you've been to. What set Van Halen apart? Why are they, were they so important in the canon of, of rock and roll? I mean, I think it was because they were the whole package. I mean, you have some bands that, that they had the look, but maybe they didn't have the songs. There's some bands that had mm. the songs, but they didn't have the, the cool look. I mean, they looked cool. Their videos were fun. You watched the Van Halen video and you wanted to go to the show, you wanted to hang out with them. There was the stories. I think we're in an era now where we don't have rock stars anymore, and I think they were rock stars. I mean, they tore up hotel rooms, and they partied, and they, the girls loved them, and everywhere they went, it was an event. So, And then you had this guitar that Eddie was playing, that no one could figure out what he was doing. I mean, they had to invent an, a new way to put the notes in guitar magazines for people to figure out how to play it because of Eddie was so good. But I think, 
I think it's just the overall package. And they took a cut. You know, they, they weren't afraid to cover bands. And sometimes yeah. I'm skeptical about cover songs. But they took cut. You listen to the songs that they covered, and they made them their own. And if you didn't know it was a cover, you would have thought it was a Van Halen song. I mean, I think it's just the, the whole package they had was incredible. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. The cover songs, it's a great point. I don't think people have been talking about that as much as it deserves. I'm glad you brought that up. Double T from 96.7, the Eagles here with me on Sound Matters. We're celebrating the life of Eddie Van Halen. Terry, when you were in school, high school, middle school, whatever, did you have a similar experience to me? I was in that era, we're we're about the same age, or I think we're exactly the same age, where kids uh, had the Van Halen logo uh, everywhere. It was written on people's, you know, folders and on their notes. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Books and, of course, the T-shirts and all that. Did you see all that, too? Uh, he grew up in the in the Chicago area and all that. They were a cultural force, I'll say. Kind of a way of life. They they went beyond being a rock band. Did you, did you have that experience, too? Did you see all that stuff as well? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, everybody wrote them. The VH logo on on their on their folders and notebooks, and everyone had the T-shirts. And I remember the satin jackets. And my yes. eighth grade dance, Tom. I think they played Jump at least twenty times. Everyone just kept going up and requesting it again and again and oh. again. And when they'd play it, I mean, every guy in my eighth grade class would would jump up in the air and try to jump doing the splits like David Lee Roth or <laughs> the way Eddie would jump. I mean. Yeah. It, it definitely was a cultural phenomenon, for sure. I heard a guy, uh, some story this week, somebody, this guy and his friends, they would put masking tape on their bare skin on their backs in the form of a, of a VH. Then they'd go out in the sun <laughs> yeah, and get deliberately sunburned so they could go to school and show off their VH, not written on their notebook, but on their skin. I thought that was hardcore. Double yeah, T yeah. from 96.7 Eagle. Terry, I so appreciate you coming on the show. We're going to run up on, onto a break here. Come back on the show anytime. I'd love to have you back on. Let's talk more music and more rock and roll. Sounds great, Tom. Thank you so much for having me, man. Have a great day. Appreciate you, Terry. All right, there he goes. Double T from 96.7 The Eagle. We're celebrating Van Halen here. Hour two coming up on Sound Matters. Don't go away. We got Mark Kendall from Great White coming up.
Welcome back to Sound Matters. I'm Tom Liu. Thanks for joining me. There's some solo guitar, solo guitar track, guitar isolation, as they call it. That's the song called I'm the One from the debut Van Halen record. I love listening to those kinds of things where they solo out certain instruments, vocals, guitars. Of course, that's the late, great Eddie Van Halen. And I got to give credit where credit's due. I grabbed that clip and that audio from my next guest here, who I'm so happy to have back on the show. He posted it on his uh, Facebook page. I pulled that out there. I want to welcome to the show again, the great guitarist, founder of the band Great White. It's Mark Kendall on the line. Mark, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Sean. Thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate you. Uh, I texted you and I said, hey, man, can we come on and talk about Eddie for a few minutes? Uh, certainly, he influenced so many people, and you were kind of a contemporary of his and, and the California yeah. scene back in the day. And so thanks, Mark, for mm -hmm. being on here. I just wanted to get your uh, reactions to the news. Obviously, the whole world's been reeling about Eddie's passing earlier this week from cancer. 65 years young, uh, great loss in music. Can you recall the first time you heard a Van Halen song, Mark, or, or, or just came across that music? What was it? What was it like? How did it impact you? Well, um, the first time I ever saw them was in a backyard in El Monte, California. It was three blocks from my house. My friend who was playing bass with me at the time had seen them and told me about the guitar player and everything. So, you know, we went down to see him at this junkyard it was called uh, tony's junkyard <laughs> and when i first walked in the drummer was doing a solo we kind of got there a little bit late and the, uh the singer was blowing dave roth was blowing this tube inside of the floor tom it was making the pitch go up and down you know and uh, uh the drummer's doing this solo and everything we paid a dollar to get in they had kegs and whatnot and anyway so i'm waiting i'm anxious to hear this guitar player and he was playing a les paul and right away i could tell he was you know obviously special he didn't play like anybody else and back then we're talking about like 1974 or 75 there were so many bands around there was so much competition but when i heard this guy eddie it really inspired me and we started to follow these guys around. You know, they played almost every night. So uh, back then he wasn't doing the right hand, you know, uh, the eruption type thing. But he played like outside of the box, you know. Mm. And I hadn't heard anyone even play anything like that before except for one guy called Jimmy Bates who was in a band called Stormer. And come to find out, I found this out later, that Eddie really liked Jimmy the way he played. And he was kind of an outside-the-box player as well. So, you know, I was a Van Halen groupie, if you want to call it that. I mean, I, <laughs> I followed them around. I appreciated their work ethic. You know, I go, God, these guys play every night. We need to play more. You know, even if it's free, we got to play more. Cause, so he... Like, I didn't try to emulate what he did. It was more of the work ethic, you know. It was more of uh, how great he was. It made me want to get better, you know. It made me want to practice more. It'd be like if you were in high school with Tiger Woods and, you know, golfing with him. It's like you'd want to improve your game, you know, just from watching yeah. him, you know, because he's so damn great. Right. Uh, I know he influenced people to play the way he does and, you know, uh, the world is just total mourning over this, including me. Yeah. 
So appreciate your insights here. We're talking with Mark Kendall from Great White. Mark, it's so interesting. What I had, I had no idea. So you're 1974, 73, 74, 75. You're a contemporary, and you're following these guys around. You could see then at those in those early days that these guys yeah. were going somewhere. Is that is that how you remember it? Yeah. Well, they were playing original music like in '75. They were playing. You know, they had a lot of songs. Well, I know they had Run With The Devil. I think they had, uh, they used to play You Really Got Me. They had Somebody Give Me A Doctor, a song called Put Out The Light, I remember they used to play, which has never been on anything. But mm. I was uh, friends with their sound man uh, who did their very first two tours, and somehow I ended up at his house. And he gave me a copy of that demo they did with Ted Templeman. And oh. he just said, don't make any copies and don't play it, you know, like, don't let it get out. And I, I stayed true to my word. I didn't give anybody a copy. You know, this is like 35 years ago to this day. I've never given it. But now it's all over the Internet, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm, you know, I, I've been talking to my friend the past few days. We're just reminiscing on those old days because... These guys were like local heroes to us. You know, they were better than everybody else. They played more than everybody else. And they worked harder than everybody else. So I was personally thrilled when they got their opportunity and, and made good with it. And, you know, we got to share this guy with the world. And, and they all agreed <laughs> yeah. that he was something special. How important, Mark, was Van Halen's success? You know, obviously the first album came out in 78 and it just blew the doors open uh, for this, this kind of rock and roll that they played and going into the 80s and, and all of that. How important was Van Halen for what came after them, you know, going into the, into the 80s and beyond with, with rock and roll? When they got a record deal, I can tell you this, I was pumping my fist in the air just just going, it's actually humanly possible that, you know, if you work really hard, you might get an opportunity and you might get a record deal. I, I was so thrilled. I was probably one of the first people to buy their album. I was <laughs> playing it on a turntable. I was sitting there going, because I wondered what David Lee Roth would sound like because, you know, a, you know, there was a few critics about that and mm -hmm. and I, I always just thought he, he was a great front man and, and I go I know they'll make him sound good on the record and he, he's got good instinct and I think he's going to be good but I still couldn't wait you know to hear it and sure enough it was fine and, and uh, Eddie just, just ripped the doors off and that eruption thing that blew my mind because I'd heard him do some of that type stuff they used to open the show doing doing the the chords with the band, and he would go into some leads, right. but never um, this musical piece that he did with his right hand uh, so beautifully orchestrated. And I heard that happen by accident. I guess the producer had heard him just noodling around and go, "What the hell is that? Let's roll tape." You know? <laughs> roll tape. Uh, I heard, I, yeah, I heard that. That got on the record by accident on the first album, Eruption, yeah. just by hearing Eddie warming up and, you know, goofing around. Wow. So, uh, you, yeah, you he hear, was super hear, special, man. 
Yeah, absolutely. You hear those stories about that. It was an accident. It wasn't intended, but somebody heard it. Wait, what's that? Hit record and stuff. So that's yeah. great, great. We're talking with Mark Kendall, guitarist from Great White. Mark, so thankful for your time here and sharing your recollections and your reactions to Eddie Van Halen. Um, through the years out in touring and, and everything, all of your years playing with Great White and all the tours and everything, getting into the 80s yeah. and beyond and stuff, did you have occasions where you crossed paths with Van Halen, with Eddie and any of the incarnations oh, yeah. and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I've been friends with Michael Anthony since 1990. We, we even played at a wedding together one time, a buddy of mine. We used to work for him, and, and he worked for Tesla. Uh, his sister got married, and so we went and played at weddings. So, you know, he invited me to the pound cake video shoot. And so I've been around these guys since I was a teenager. You know, like they were local heroes. You know, we're, we're pulling for them. And one time we were in Dallas and Michael Anthony invited me down. I guess they had like 200 contest winners to go watch their sound check. And this is when Sammy was in the band. So what they would do is, is Michael Anthony would sing and they'd do a sound check and do, you know, stuff like, uh, you know, running with the devil and, and Michael Anthony would sing and it sounded pretty darn good. Yeah. But he's they, got a great uh, voice. Yeah. I guess he was a lead singer before he got in Van Halen, doing Zeppelin, all sorts of stuff. But yeah, I've been around them forever. Uh, they played the same clubs we did. It, uh, we never played Gazzari's, but um, by the time that my band got to Hollywood, we were we were playing original. So Gazzari's was a, a five sets a night. You know, Michael Anthony told me one time they knew two hundred plus songs. Wow! So they, they they had a big. Uh, they knew a lot of cover songs. And that's how that's how they played every night is they played covers and originals. They right. would do kind of sh showcases on the weekends and during the week, you know. Uh, I think it's would, amazing. Would I think it's amazing chat. that you had seen them, you know, back in the in the early earliest days, you know, before yeah. the club days. You said a junkyard, backyards. It's, it's kind of famous that they would play these backyard parties and things. I'm sure you were at several yeah. of those. Can you yeah. can you recall so? seeing them in those formative years before they had the record deal, before they made it big, to maybe the yeah. first time you saw them in concert after the first album came out and they were on the big stage somewhere and just were... Can you recall that and what was that yeah. transition like for you? Well, I, I was getting chills. I, I saw them. They played their last show at in... Uh, where was it? It was in uh, Pasadena at the Pomona Valley Auditorium. And I had seen them one other time open for UFO there. But this was, they announced that, you know, we're going on the road, our record, you know, coming out and all that. So that was kind of thrilling, you know. It's just fun to watch, you know. It, it was, I knew Eddie was super special. I, I knew that they had what it took. It was just getting the opportunity, you know. And it kind of happened the same way with us as somebody was finally in the crowd at, that could help us, you know, yeah. at a show. And, and that's what happened with them. You know, Ted Templeman got wind of, of this guitar player and went down and saw him and wanted to sign him before anybody else did or whatever. Right. But, you know, these were local heroes. And I had never seen more bands and more people like guitar players and you know, people I knew in the crowd back in those early days, you would go to a show and every band in town was in the crowd. 
mm. watching this guitar player. <laughs> was, you know, we were all like in shock, all the stuff he was doing. And I would go home and play my guitar for hours and hours and hours. Just I wanted to get better, you know. Yeah. He, he, that's what I mean about the influence he had on me. It wasn't like I wanted to emulate the guy because that would be impossible anyways, you know. But he made me want to get better. And, and that, you know, and then I think I was getting pretty good and go see him and it seemed like he got way better or something. We're talking with Mark Kendall from Great White. Mark, I so appreciate your recollections. You have a unique perspective here of obviously being from Southern California and being able to, like you say, see Van Halen in those, in those early days and uh, all the musicians coming to those shows and guitar players in particular, as you are, of course, being so influenced yeah. by them and pushing you to want to get better. That's so powerful. That's a, that's a great perspective that, you know, the rest of us, it's like we heard the first album or the second album and they're like, oh, wow, boom. But you were there before that. And I think... I think it's great. Yeah. Last question for you, Mark, before we let you go, and I so appreciate your time. You know, you, you've mentioned it already, but what do you think the legacy of Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, is going to be going forward here, obviously, in the wake of his passing this week? Just his, uh, his influence the world over, I, I think that he'll be remembered, you know, for his input uh, on what, what he created on his instrument. I mean, he's inspired people that are already super gifted. You know, um, I've heard it by many guitar upper echelon guitar players. And I, I think the other thing is the guy's lovable. You know, he's a, you know he's a great guy. He's funny. Had a great sense of humor. I've heard many times he was a really good dad to his son. Yes. You know, he left a lot. Uh, a lot of. You know, they can't take the memories from us, that's for sure. And and he left a lot of that. Yeah, he did. Mark, I, I so appreciate your... I know we could talk about this for a long time, and uh, I, I just want to thank you for sharing some of your insights. Uh, such a great perspective, like I said, coming up at the same time. And, uh, you know, um, I think it's really a testament. When you have all the other bands coming to see your band, whoever you are, you know something's going on there. And, and it sounds like the, the big draw for the most part, was was Eddie uh, primarily yeah. to, to come and see him play and the the influence, like you said, and the the inspiration yeah. to push you to get better. And I love your perspective that, you know, it wasn't that you were trying to emulate him, but he just, his work ethic. And I think that yeah. is the, a great message as well about this and about his, uh, his legacy. And of course, those songs. I mean, you know, you've got a catalog of amazing songs. We talk about Eddie's playing, but those Van Halen songs as well, you yeah. know, really separated them out, right? Yeah. You know, uh, I compared it to Tiger Woods earlier because I knew in the very early days that, that he just played guitar 24-7. He never did anything else. He, he would sit on his bed, just play for hours and hours and hours. I mean, he, he, he just, he played more than everybody, you know? Yeah. And of course he's going to get good, but he had a different outlook on the guitar, you know? That's what I think got people's jaws to drop. Even in the early days, we'd look at each other and go, did you see that? Did you hear that? You know, <laughs> he, was of, he gave us a lot of those, you know? Yeah. More, more than anybody, we'd go, what in the heck did he just do? That yeah. is bizarre, you know. 
Wow, uh, great stuff. There were so many things, you know, that, that happened. He, he used to have this, like, it looked like an old war bomb or something. He, he'd go up to it, make some outrageous noise through his decoplex, and, oh, man, it, it, it was really a special time. The whole band, too, they were so tight, and, you know, they were the best band around, you know, and that singer and his, he was so confident and funny and just a great front man. It was a, a special situation, you know, that we can all remember. Absolutely. Mark Kendall yeah. from Great White. Mark, I so appreciate you taking a few minutes for us here on the Sound Matter Show again. We love talking with you, and uh, hopefully we can have you back on again soon and, and, and talk about some more stuff. Thank you so much sure. for your um, your reflections and your uh, your stories and your experiences on the late, great yeah. Eddie Van Halen. We so appreciate yeah. you, Mark. Well, glad to do it. We'll talk to you again soon. Stay safe, my friend. Uh Okay, bye-bye. There he goes, Mark Kendall from Great White. Wow, what another... I, I'm hitting the, uh, the gold mine here on the Sound Matter Show today. People that have some really unique experiences with the late, great Eddie Van Halen. We'll be back after these, after we, as we continue on celebrating the life of Eddie Van Halen here on Sound Matters. one right there. Welcome back to Sound Matters. I'm Tom Liu. That's not a Van Halen song, but you know that guitar solo if you were alive back then, or even if you weren't. That's Michael Jackson, of course, with the iconic track Beat It, and of course that guitar solo is so well known uh, by the late, great Eddie Van Halen right there. You know, over the course of his career, Eddie often took the time to collaborate with many other artists. I think that was probably his most famous collaboration right there. Although, you know, a lot of the other ones obviously weren't as well known as the one uh, that we just heard there. It's an interesting story behind the Beat It solo and the song itself. Uh, Van Halen's most famous cameo came with, with his work on that song, Beat It, by Michael Jackson, of course. The guitarist later revealed that he not only played the solo, but he also made a few suggestions to the arrangement, which I didn't know, which I think is fascinating. Eddie said, quote, I listened to the song and I immediately go, can I change some parts, he said. I turned to the engineer and I go, okay, from the breakdown, chop in this part. Go to this piece, then the pre-chorus to the chorus out, okay? He said it took him maybe 10 minutes to put it together to change up the arrangement of the song there based on Eddie's suggestions. And then Eddie goes on, he says, and I proceeded then to improvise two solos over it, end quote. <laughs> so... Spencer, I don't know about you, but uh, you don't have to be a musician to just, that's a kind of a jaw-dropping thing right there. Just, uh, yeah, I heard this song. Michael Jackson, an iconic artist at the time in his own right, of course, and Eddie's like, you know what, let's, let's change it up a little bit. I'll play the solo, but can we change it up a little bit before I do? Right, and like, they, it's good, but I, I feel like it could be better. Exactly. <laughs> just can't imagine that studio. 
I mean, can you believe that? I, and I guess, I don't know if this is absolutely confirmed or not, but I think that the, the story goes that Eddie did that for free. I don't think he got paid yeah. to do the solo on Beat It. Uh, I, I don't know if it was his relationship with, I think it was Quincy Jones who was producing that and some other things and stuff. So It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, but yeah, I, I like the song, but I think I can make it better. Let's rearrange some of the parts here from the pre-chorus to the this to the that to the chorus out, and then I'll play on it. And they say, okay, because it's Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are they going to say? No, Ed, we think, that, we think that it's good as is. We don't want your suggestions. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, and then he improvises two solos over it. Uh, so, you know, like Mark Kendall said earlier, who was from Great White, who was on here, as well as Steve Brown, who was on earlier as well from Trickster and Tokyo Motor Fist. The guy just, all he did was play guitar. It was his favorite thing to do in the world. And uh, he was the best there was. And uh, the world is mourning the loss of Eddie Van Halen. We're celebrating Van Halen and Eddie Van Halen here on the Sound Matter Show. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. It's the Mighty Van Halen featuring Edward Van Halen on guitar. That's the song called Mean Streets from one of my favorite all-time Van Halen records. The fourth album, 1981's Fair Warning. I'll box people <laughs> on, on the greatness of that record. Might not be their biggest selling album, maybe not even their most well-known record, but one of the great Van Halen records, of course, and the one that preceded it, Women and Children First from 1980, albums three and four. My two personal favorites, uh, my experience was... 
I'd heard Van Halen, but my first album that I actually got in 1980 was the Women and Children First record. And I was just blown away by what I heard. And I went backwards there and got the other ones. And of course, the first album was all over radio by then. And the second album as well. Uh, Van Halen 2 with Dance the Night Away and Beautiful Girls and all things like that. Maybe we can get a little Beautiful Girls in here before the show ends. I'll twist Spencer's arm on that one. But uh, we're celebrating the life of Eddie Van Halen here. Man, it's just been a show... Uh, for me personally, I, um, I I knew that the guys I had on the show today, particularly uh, Steve Brown and Mark Kendall, had some experience with Eddie and, and all that, but I had no idea the depth with which they did, and those conversations were invaluable. I so appreciate those guys for coming on the show again. Soundmatters.tv is the website, celebrating the life of one of the greatest guys to ever do it uh, in one of the greatest bands of all time, in my humble opinion, rock and roll or otherwise, uh, just amazing. And the world has been uh, mourning as loss earlier this week from cancer, just a who's who of uh, famous musicians and otherwise pouring their hearts out on social media. Uh, Tony Iommi here from Black Sabbath, who the story of that one goes, if you're a Van Halen fan, you know, Van Halen, their first big tour was opening for Black Sabbath in 1978. And everybody pretty much hands down talks about how Van Halen, the upstart new band, uh, blowing Black Sabbath off the stage every night on that first tour. Even Tony himself made comment to that. But uh, Tony says, quote, I'm just devastated to hear the awful news of the passing of my dear friend Eddie Van Halen. He fought a long and hard battle with his cancer right to the very end. Eddie was one of a very special kind of person, a really great friend, brilliant guitar player, who was idolized by millions of fans and a lovely human being. Rest in peace, my dear friend, till we meet again. You keep hearing that too, Spencer, about Eddie, just not only this guitar genius and musician, songwriter, producer, all of that, but just a really nice guy. That smile and all of that that we've seen through the years on the videos and the interviews was real. It wasn't a show, and that's yeah, really refreshing. It's so true. Uh, Steve Brown really made me like super aware of that too. And uh, if I didn't, know, and I only knew a little bit about him off the stage, like you know, everyone knows about him being on stage and uh, the smile, the big rocker, the having fun, like clearly having fun with what he's doing. But you yeah. don't. Not everybody talks about his home life uh, and his family life and how much that meant to him. Uh, it, it's really, it's really cool to see and cool to see everybody agree that he was just a really good guy. Yeah, absolutely. That that is great. Steve uh, Steve Brown earlier in the show from Trickster and Tokyo Motorfest talked about that. Steve was a personal friend of Eddie. He didn't just meet him a couple of times, as Steve pointed out, which I did not know. And uh, he was considered family. That's Eddie's words to Steve. Uh, considered him family and. Uh, you know, Eddie's love of being a father to his son, Wolfgang, who later was in Van Halen and played bass on the last tour and album and stuff like that. And uh, I'm so happy to hear that. You know, it's one thing to be an icon in whatever you do for your life, whatever your field is, whether it's music or, or something else, but to be a good person underneath it all. Now, Eddie struggled with substances and things throughout his life, but that doesn't mean he was a bad guy. It means he was a normal guy. He was a human being, and he had issues, and he had challenges, just like all of us do. It just depends on what it is, and Eddie just happened to be in the public eye, of course, and a, and a legendary musician on top of it all. So, you know, having struggles in life and, and being a good person aren't mutually exclusive. So just a good man, a good father, and, uh, you know, it's great to hear this from all of these people. So I'm, I was glad to hear that from Tony.
Here's another great quote from another guitar great, George Lynch from Dokken and Lynch Mob, who's also been on the Sound Matter show a couple of times. George said, quote, Eddie hit the guitar world like a tsunami, changed everything and influenced and inspired all of us. Not sure how to process this on top of everything else. Sadness. End quote. George Lynch. Tough stuff. Tough stuff. A lot of people are struggling with this. I've been struggling with it, too. And I didn't know Eddie. Uh, but, uh, you know, just what he meant to me and a lot of my friends in the music world. I'm going to talk about some more of that here in a minute. Another quote from another uh, guest on the show in the past. Donnie V, the great Donnie V, formerly of Enough's Enough. He said, quote, I put Eddie in the category of Lennon, Elvis, Freddie, Mercury, etc. The earth lost a giant. The pioneer of heavy guitar. His earthly body may be gone, but his energy and magic are here forever. I've hung out with him once at a studio together at Andy Johns' place, and he never set the guitar down. Very cool cat. See you on the other side, sir. And that's from Donnie V, formerly from Enough's Enough. We keep hearing that too, Spencer. He never had, he never, he rarely didn't have the guitar with him. And, uh, you know, that's how you become, I guess, a master at your craft. That's all you do, you know. That's what apparently Eddie did. He just always played guitar. He was always noodling on it. Another one from Tony Harnell, lead singer of the band TNT and many solo projects. Tony's a friend, been on the show as well. Tony says, quote, he was what to many guitarists miss. His fast, wonderful soloing was not what mattered most. It was the icing on a very deep cake filled to the brim with everything that made Van Halen probably the best American hard rock band of all time, end quote. That's from Tony Harnell. Just really, really cool stuff here. And I have some more, and I, I want to chime in here. With, uh, we've talked about a lot of, we've talked to a couple of these famous musicians and some of these quotes here. I want to throw out some thoughts here from a good friend of our show who has also been on the Sound Matter show before too, a local guy from Rockford. It's Paul Bronson. He's, he's a good friend. He's been in many Rockford area bands going back 30 plus years and uh, Paul and I were messaging this week, and uh, Eddie was an idol to Paul, his own words, and, and Paul just wrote me a few things. He thought it would be better if he wrote some things, and I just wanted to honor Paul's honoring of Eddie by uh, reading what Paul wrote here about what Eddie Van Halen meant to him, tying this back into to Rockford. Paul says this, when Neil Peart passed in January, I couldn't look at Facebook or listen to anything by Rush for quite a while as well. It's just a huge piece of my musical youth that has been taken away. I never met him, but feel so close to them through their gift of music. I can only relate to this to what music fans and guitarists of the day went through 50 years ago when Jimi Hendrix died. EVH was our era Jimi Hendrix. No one revolutionized the instrument and the image the way these two icons did. When I first heard Eruption in early 1979, I was floored. I thought... How in the hell is he doing that? A game changer for our time and decades to come. Paul Bronson goes on to say, many times the point has been made with musicians, guitarists especially, that their sound comes more from their hands than their instruments and amplification. Eddie is a primary example of that theory. He was a mad scientist when it came to modding his home-built guitars. Case in point would be the famous Frankenstrat. But I'm sure whatever guitar Eddie picked up and played, it would unmistakably sound like EVH. I also think his huge appeal to guitarists and music lovers in general was his personality. He looked like he was the happiest guy in the world when he got to play. His joy showed in his grinning smile and wide open mouth facial expressions. 
Perhaps he even surprised himself during those times live. He made people want to learn the instrument and have as much fun as he was having. It reminded me of a little boy on Christmas morning finding the special gift he wanted the most and finally getting the chance to play with it. His love for the guitar and the joy it brought him was as genuine as anyone that ever picked up the instrument. And the true gift he left us is what he did to revolutionize rock guitar playing that will forever be our Christmas morning. Rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen, greatest of all time. And that's Paul Bronson. That's nice. That's yeah. really well written. Like that a lot. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you, Paul, for that and for sharing your thoughts on Eddie. I, I think you summed it up beautifully there, my friend. And uh, uh, if you know Paul, you know he's an amazing guitar player himself. Go out and support him, as well as any of the other local Rockford area musicians. But I just want to thank Paul for his insights. And again, I think it's just it's equally as important and valid to hear from the local area folks, as well as the, the big stars out there that we've had on the show and others as well, because uh, that's just how important Eddie Van Halen was to people as a musician, as a guitar player. But more than that, just the way of life and the impact that he had on so many of us for so many reasons, it transcends music. And I think that's really the story and the lasting legacy of Eddie Van Halen. Transcends the music, though he left us with a ton of great music. So we're going to take one last break here on the Sound Matter Show. We'll come back with some closing thoughts as we pay tribute to the late, great Eddie Van Halen here on Sound Matters. Great choice right there. Hot for Teacher off the 1984 record. Wow, I love that song. <laughs> that drum intro. And then Eddie coming in, Dave going nuts, Michael playing the bass like nobody's business, singing those high harmonies, signature to the Van Halen sound. You just got to love it. One of the greatest American rock and roll bands of all time, if not the greatest. I guess we could, we could box about that. But uh, paying tribute to Eddie Van Halen here on the Sound Matters show as we get close to wrapping up here in a few minutes. I just want to thank, again, our guests that have been on the show sharing their insights and experiences. Double 
Specialty from 96.7 The Eagle. Steve Brown from Trickster and Tokyo Motor Fist, as well as Mark Kendall from Great White. I think we got a couple of exclusives here, Spencer, in terms of them sharing some of their backstories and little-known things. Steve, a personal friend of Eddie, uh, going back many years, and, and Mark Kendall from Southern California, a contemporary, was seeing Van Halen back in the early days, like literally the early days, 73, 4, 5, in the clubs and in these backyard parties that if you follow Van Halen's history, you know that they did that. They made a name for themselves playing these parties. And apparently, a place called Tony's Junkyard that they played that was a couple of blocks away from Mark Kendall's house. And Mark was talking about that on the episode here. But Mark sent me a text here, Spencer, after uh, we hopped off with him earlier. And he sent me a picture of a hand-drawn Van Halen poster <laughs> that they made uh, for Monday, June 21st <laughs> at uh, Tony's Junkyard, <laughs> just oh. a couple of blocks from Mark's house. He walked to the gig, went to the junkyard and saw Van Halen play uh, for the first time. I think he said it was in 1974 and he knew immediately there's something special about this guitar player and Mark talked all about that on the show. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I, I have, I'm looking at it right here. Hand-drawn it says Van Halen across the top, just like we would have done like on our notebooks in school years later. That's amazing. That's that's so cool. I, I, just a piece of history right there, piece of rock and roll history. Uh, it is. And that not a lot of people, myself included, I didn't know anything about the junkyard or some of the smaller venues uh, before today. I've learned so much about Van Halen this week, and I, it's not like I'll claim that I knew all about him. I was a huge fan before. I always liked Van Halen stuff. I, I always liked the band. I always liked the guitar solos. I was just never, you know, hot and heavy into the history of it. And it's bad circumstances, but I've gotten to learn so much about this band and the man himself, too. Uh, it's just been a really great week, an educational week in a way. Mm. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And today's show, too. Uh, it's just been great to learn about uh, this artist that I've listened to for so long at this point, and I just didn't know really any of the ins and outs about about the guy, about the guitarist, about the group. It's yeah. it's been enlightening for sure. Well, I appreciate that viewpoint, Spencer. You know, you're you're a millennial. I think that's correct. A younger guy and all that. And yeah. I love hearing. I love hearing that. You know, the generation after mine. You know, maybe didn't know all the history about it. Maybe didn't grow up with it like I did, but can appreciate it today and uh, understand the importance of the legacy and of, of the specialness and the uniqueness of a guy like Eddie Van Halen and uh, the band Van Halen from all of its incarnations. I want to shout out, you know, of course, the David Lee Roth era, the Sammy Hagar era, and let's, as Steve Brown pointed out, don't overlook the Gary Sharon era. It was only three years in the late 90s, I think one album, but uh, apparently there's a lot of good stuff on there. I'm not super familiar with that era, admittedly, but I'm going to go back and uh, and give it a chance. I'm a big fan of Extreme and Gary Sharon, Nuno Betancourt, amazing guitarist in his own right, certainly influenced by the late great Eddie Van Halen that we lost earlier this week and we've been paying tribute to here on Sound Matters. And so I, I just am so appreciative of it. And I also want to just quick also thank again Paul Bronson who had uh, sent some sentiments my way and uh, his, uh, the impact that Eddie had on his life, and he, he wrote it so well. If you missed any of that, again, soundmatters.tv is the place to go and check that out and uh, be able to listen to that here at your leisure, along with all the other episodes we have here through the years. We're coming up on four years of doing the show, and unfortunately, you know, we've had to do a few of these tribute shows. We don't do them with every artist, of course. Uh, unfortunately, that w that's all we would end up doing. 
but uh, we've done some in the past. We did uh, one for Chris Cornell when he passed away back in 2017. We also did one for Tom Petty, who almost to the day, three years ago in 2017, passed away. We did a Tom Petty tribute, and now we are doing this for Eddie Van Halen. You'll be able to, again, you can get all those out on our, on our website. Uh, one quick note here as we wrap up the show, Spencer, as it always happens when a, a famous musician dies, their music sales and their streams spike in the wake of it. And I saw this stat out here. I couldn't believe this. Uh, Van Halen's U.S. music sales spike by more than 6,000% after Eddie Van Halen's death. According to Billboard, U.S. sales of Van Halen's catalog and albums and songs increased more than 6,000% on the day of guitarist Eddie Van Halen's death. The albums and songs sold 40,000 copies on October 6th, the day that he passed away, with 9,000 of those being just album sales, including 2,000 copies of Van Halen's self-titled 1978 debut. The top 10 biggest-selling songs on October 6th from Van Halen were, no surprise here, Jump, Panama, Eruption, Running with the Devil, You Really Got Me, Dance the Night Away. All of those you've heard clips of on this show here today. So good choices there, Spencer. Uh, Why Can't This Be Love from the Sammy Hagar era from the 5150 record. Hot for Teacher, (laughs) we've heard that. Ain't Talking About Love and Jamie's Crying. So there you go. Uh, The album's uh, sales have spiked and... uh, that's common. That's very, very common. And, uh, you know, keep listening to Van Halen. If you're in, any younger kids out there listening to stuff, you want to get in a rock band, you want to know how it's done, learn about Van Halen and uh, yeah. follow their lead. They're the blueprint. And by the way, I want to go back to what we were talking about earlier. I forget what part of the show we were saying this on, Spencer, but, you know, uh, a couple of our guests, Mark and Steve, you know, Van Halen was a, was a good time band. That was their whole thing. Yeah. You know, there's some bands that are out there, you know, they've got a message and they're political or they're this or they're that, and some of it's deep and heavy, and I'm not suggesting that's bad, but Van Halen was decidedly not that. From the get-go, they were a party. They were fun. It was a release. It was a vacation from real life for a while when you went to one of their shows. I saw them in Rockford, I think on the, it was either a, the Diver Down tour the first time or the tour after that, the 1984 tour, and it was just a spectacle to behold, and I was blown away like everybody else. And but it was fun. It was upbeat. It was optimistic. And you know what? In these days, especially right now in 2020, with all the stuff going on in the world, man, don't we need some more of that? Whatever your musical flavor is, don't we need some more music that makes you feel good and happy and gives you a release and an escape? I think so. And if that's you. Listen to some Van Halen. Buy an album. There you go. <laughs> you know what, you know if, what I'm saying, Spencer? If for no other reason, yeah, then then it's not going to be your typical rock and roll. It's not going to be your angry rock. It's not going to be anything like that. It should it should lift you up. And it should also get you, you know, I don't know, shaking your head a little bit. If you have long hair, start winging that around. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, not anymore. But yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, have fun. Enjoy your life. Be safe. Be smart. But uh, listen to things and be around things that make you happy, that build you up, not tear you down, that brings people together, not separates us, you know, and Van Halen, I don't want to overstate it, but they were definitely uh, one of those bands, one of those artists 
artists that did that for me and for millions of other people. And for that, I can't ever say thank you enough to the band and, of course, to uh, Eddie Van Halen for his genius and what he's given to us and his contribution. And it's not over. I mean, the man may be gone from Earth here, but this music is going to live on. And as Steve said, I think there's a lot more stuff that's coming. We got a lot more uh, music and videos and who knows what from the estate. So we'll be looking forward to that. Thank you for listening to the Sound Matter Show here as we pay tribute to the late, great Edward Van Halen. Thanks to all my guests. And thank you for listening. Soundmatters.tv. My name is Tom Liu. And until we meet again, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Stay tuned in. This is Sound Matters with Tom Liu. Visit us online at soundmatters.tv. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.